Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bolin Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bolin Branch's sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee, plus 15% off your first order at bolinbranch.com code odyssey. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Zero. Season three, episode 36 starts right now. I'm BD joined today by Jenna Anderson. Hey, everybody. Shout out to Layla for apparently telling her job to make her schedule around when we record. That is amazing. That is so cool. The UK lost the primetime releases of Disney Plus shows, so the game she's got to be here for the primetime release of, uh, of Phase Zero. We love it. Welcome to the party, Layla. Welcome back. Jamie Jurak is here. Good morning. Top of the morning to you, West Coast. Liam Crowley's here. If I had a nickel for every time a member of the Phase Zero community was the reaction shot of a wrestler debuting a new theme song on a live show. <laughs> I'd have two nickels, which is not a lot. But it's crazy. It's happened. <laughs> we got that in common. Uh, yeah, it was a it was a fun weekend at WWE Payback. I loved everybody tweeting. I mean, I actually have some funny stories about that. But Aaron's not here again today. Aaron's off busy being in love. We love it for him. Jenna and Jamie got to go out to the wedding. You guys have a good time. We did. We absolutely did. Oh. An amazing time. Yeah. Uh, was- my favorite part was before the wedding when Jenna and I met for lunch in accidental matching outfits yes it was great green shorts barbie t-shirt we were like we did not coordinate that at all it was amazing we spent too much time together yep (laughs) apparently one hour a week on phase zero is uh (laughs) enough to be matching i love that that's awesome i was watching you guys stories on instagram all weekend and i was just like let me in i didn't make it out there because i rsvp'd as i couldn't go because i was supposed to be coming back from prague and then that got canceled. And I feel like you can't re-RSVP to a wedding two days in advance. So I ended up going to Pittsburgh with, because we did, you guys were here after the show last week, Cam Hayward was like, BD, you want to come up to payback? And I was like, wait, if, if, if you're serious. Uh, and so I went up there and they got a Steelers belt. I was on TV. I challenged the judgment day to a wrestling match. <laughs> <laughs> I thought Damian Priest was, at, he, he actually looked me straight in the face in this moment. And uh, I thought he was going to murder me. He's, he's large. He's a large fellow. But also, I got to meet Cam in person, who's been on our show, I mean, at least half a dozen times now. And he is just the nicest dude in the world. And we talked about this. We talked about not just football. We talked about Marvel. We're sitting there watching Becky Lynch and Trish Stratus fall off the top of a steel cage. And we're like, so are you enjoying Ahsoka? Uh, <laughs> it was fun, man. Which, by the way, zero spoilers. I assume everybody here has watched Ahsoka. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How good is that show? It's good. It's, it's not my good. favorite, but it's good. I know everyone's freaking out about it. It's not your more. favorite? Am I lagging or are you guys lagging? Wait, is that my internet connection? It might be yours. It seems like yours. Okay. Yeah. That's me. Hold on. Oh, we're just going to get to the news then. You guys, I need somebody to kick off this Loki conversation because I'm going to plug in my computer so that I don't have this crappy Wi-Fi situation. So I'm going to pop off for a second. But uh, we can tee up the Loki season two discussion and uh, I'll let you guys take it from here real quick. I'll be right back. Jamie, would you maybe want to take that away since you love Loki? Oh, I sure do. Um, we got uh, some new clips 
uh, uh, going down this week. Um, a little teaser. So let's let's watch it. Right? Are we gonna watch it or have you guys seen it yet? Um, I've seen clips of it. I've seen like screenshots and stuff. But yeah, it does look very cool. Like, yeah. I any new footage about the show, I'm gonna be hyped about. So it's classic I'm... Loki teaser material where it doesn't look like there's much on the surface but then when you mm -hmm. freeze frame and you add up timeline stuff there's something substantial in here and it comes towards right there okay. i don't know if you guys got that for, for the audio listeners explain what just happened so basically there's that moment where there's a mystery hand walking that like little uh miniature figure down a pathway and the person who's watching the miniature figure, you can't really see their face, but you can tell by the outline of their hair, it's clearly Victor Timely. Okay. So at some point, the Victor Timely variant of Kang is going to interact with the TVA. I think we all expected that to happen. Um, but just like the background stuff, there's also a shot of Ravona Renslayer in a warehouse with the same structure that Victor Timely is in later in this. And we know based on the comics, they end up being a thing, a relationship. Uh, so I think this little 45 seconds of footage actually hints at a lot more than what is just on the surface. I'm so glad Liam's here because I watched this while the countdown was going on and yeah. I did not have time to like to piece Analyze together. It. And it is looking at it now. It's like, Whoa, this is some, I just want to shout out to whoever edited this. Yeah. Like that's a, like a show that's all about time and jumping around in time. Like that's editing. And I'm really impressed with how they put this. Together. Very good match cuts across yeah. this trailer. Like, yes, very good job. Yeah. Um, I'm just so excited for this season. Like, we're going to get into it, but it seems like this is one of the few Marvel things we might be getting in the very near future. So I'm like, I'm very excited for everything we've gotten. I'm curious how deep into the sh the second season these scenes that are featured in the trailers are from. Because if you remember Loki episode six, none of that was in the trailer. You know, that, that finale from Loki season one was completely a secret. And I feel like they can do that again with this one. And also, given all the time travel stuff, they could really mislead us with these trailers. But I also hear that this Kang variant, Victor Timely, plays a, a pretty substantial role in this series. So I, I think that they really are trying to set up Kang Dynasty with this one in, a, in bigger ways than I originally thought. I thought it was just going to be like, okay, we're going to get them for one episode, you know, a couple scenes. But my understanding is there's going to be a, a good bit of him in this series. So I'm I'm excited for Loki season two to really drive the plot forward. That was really the only thing coming out of Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania that we were all like, yeah, we all agree. At least we know where it's going now a bit more, even if we really couldn't see anything in this movie. <laughs> did <laughs> we know from that movie or did we already know everything from Loki season one? I don't know. That's fair. <laughs> I mean, yes, yes. But the, I felt like Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania kind of solidified it and cleared it up quite a bit. It was the first time I felt like we actually in phase four had like a substantial direction idea at least no we'll agree to disagree on that one <laughs> fine what you didn't you didn't come out of quantum mania like all right i understand kang a bit more now no i i felt like i felt like loki covered all of that um just perfectly uh but that's okay you know and that's why loki is the best disney plus series just okay, another well, reason. What are you doing to me? <laughs> We're just trying to start a fight this week. That's another reason why Loki is the goat. Uh, He's yeah, so mad so, at me from last week. Yeah. I, I have a feeling uh, that Phase Zero is going to have to move to Fridays starting October 6th. But also, the, also that's a Friday, right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Well, I guess we're more shifting. But also, uh, I have a feeling Loki is going to be that sort of excitement 
for a Marvel title we haven't had in a minute. I feel like Secret Invasion started off kind of hot, but it still didn't have that sort of mainstream hype. I feel, you know, before that, it just... This Loki season two feels like we're going back to 2021 levels of excitement a bit. It broke that record with 80 million views on day one. Uh, sorry, Taylor Swift. Nah, Taylor Swift crushed Spider-Man No Way Home. Oh, yeah, we got to talk about that, too. That's on the rundown. <laughs> Taylor Swift sold more first-day tickets to her concert movie than Spider-Man No Way Home did. That's, yeah, you can't beat Tay-Tay. I never underestimate the power of Swifties. As I was telling Jamie and Tony over the weekend, like she caused a shortage of like bracelet beads just by mentioning friendship bracelets in one of her songs. So her economic impact is insurmountable. I Every single record that that movie is making is making me profoundly happy, especially given the way that she's releasing that movie. So. Her economic- Jenna apologized to me. She was like, sorry that Taylor's doing this. I'm like, what, are you kidding? I, I want people to go to the movies. I want them I to just, throw their money was, at the theater. I was more just apologizing for like any weirdness that might happen in the theater, but I know uh, Swifties I, and it'll I'm come going. I'm not dealing with that. I'm not going. I'm Try going. Me. I'm, I'm absolutely yeah, I'm going. Awesome. I got my IMAX tickets. I'm awesome. going. Yay. Aerosmith. To also to link it to a Marvel thing, if that rumor of her being in Deadpool three as a Deadpool variant or the like a live action Dazzler is true, this is evidence that that's something you tell ahead of time. You market that in every trailer, and I guarantee, like Deadpool three, if Taylor Swift is in that movie somehow and it's marketed as that, that movie could make two billion dollars. And that I, I'm not even being. I mean, yeah, not I don't know, Amsterdam. Taylor Swift could be in that movie for one minute if you show an image of her. Deadpool's box office increases pretty substantially. Yeah, she is, is listen, I Swifties, Swifties know it. They're they're loud about it. Taylor Swift is powerful. Yes. <laughs> There's no denying it. But yeah, I, I, I I'm curious if that's true. Also, I'm curious when you when I see photos from the Eras tour, it just looks so pure. It looks so everybody's just so happy and so friendly. Channing Tatum's out there giving out friendship bracelets. Simu Liu's in there giving them out. Everybody's just being friends with everybody, having something in common with everybody. It's such a good, you know, powerful moment. It's a great experience. Deadpool 3, on the other hand, (laughs) probably quite different from attending a Taylor Swift concert. So uh, I'm real curious how that audience would react. I'm not saying Swifties can't handle an R-rated movie by any means, but I think that a Deadpool movie specifically might be a bit jarring to see Taylor Swift participating. No? Directioners showed up for Dunkirk, so... Yeah, but, but did they show up for Eternals? Well, did, but, you know, yeah, we're, we're not... <laughs> and on that That's a marketing note, issue. Yeah. Right? Uh, <laughs> marketing issue. Uh, Liam got to go... Well, let's go back to Loki real quick. Loki set up a McDonald's takeover in New York City, sending you back to the 80s, right? It was the 80s? Yeah, the 80s. So, go ahead, tell us what that was like, because you got to go visit it in New York. Yeah, it was pretty cool. Uh, It was just kind of like a standard McDonald's and then they changed the menus and the logos and everything. Um, And there was a nice glass display case of uh, costumes from season two. Uh, Loki in like this like peacoat and everything. Sylvie in her McDonald's uniform. Uh, And then some TVA paraphernalia too. Uh, The time slipping device. uh, The collar that the variants wear and stuff like that. Um, And then the coolest aspect too was that they had actors there portraying 1980s style customers they were like eating a meal and in character the entire two hours that it was going on and then there were tva agents going around and when i asked to like interview one i'm like hey are you a part of the thing and they were like what thing i we are here to protect the sacred timeline i'm like 
that's why I want to talk to you because you're in character. Um, so that aspect was really cool. And uh, yeah, just kind of set the mood of like, oh man, like Loki's back season two of a Disney plus show. We've never had this before yet. And uh, yeah, the, the vibes were definitely high. I'm looking forward to it. Nice. I saw your stuff on social. If you guys want to see some video from that McDonald's, check out Liam's Instagram and Twitter accounts. He did some great coverage from that. It really shows you what it was like to go to McDonald's in the 80s. What was it like to eat a quarter pounder for like a 50 cents? Oh, was, the, the price tag was awesome. Yeah, <laughs> that was nice. <laughs> all right. We had that. That was all the fun news. We do have yeah. some. Uh, although, listen, I'm not I'm not the opposition to delays. I think slowing down is a good thing for the MCU, but it is a bummer now that they're getting further and further away. It's making me want them, though. So it's working. Yeah, Jenna. so uh, the Hollywood Reporter came out with a big report on Friday. Jamie and I were both working during it, and we were very confused trying to pick all of this apart because there was a lot of information. Um, but basically, almost everything outside of the Marvels and Loki Season 2 has been pushed back in some form or fashion, at least in terms of Disney+. Plus. Uh, so what if Season 2, which way back at Comic-Con, I guess, was proposed to come out earlier this year, obviously did not. And so now it might be out around Christmas time, is what they were saying. Um, Echo, we know, was scheduled to be in November and have binge drop. They're apparently still doing the binge drop, but it'll be in January of next year. Uh, Agatha changed titles again. Uh, I'll let Jamie get into that once I go through all this, because I know Jamie has a lot of thoughts on this. Um, and is apparently now aiming for fall 2024 to get into the spooky season kind of vibes. Uh, Daredevil Born Again is likely delayed. Obviously, we know that it seems like they weren't completely done filming before the strike, so that's probably a huge part of it. And then Ironheart is reportedly removed from the schedule because they can't fully finish the show during the strikes. So, yeah, there's a lot to take in. A lot. I just want to say that some of this is not news. Like the yeah. echo change is really the only real news, but saying like Agatha's not actually coming out this fall. Obviously we knew Agatha wasn't coming out this fall. It's we're like two days away from it being fall. If it was coming out, I think we would have known, but I really want to address the fact that that this article is like, Agatha's changed titles again. There is no confirmation that Agatha has changed titles again. Aubrey Plaza shared that Darkhold Diaries thing in her stories that one day, but I am willing to bet money that that is a show within a show situation. I think that there's it's that show is going to start with a little bit of WandaVision uh, esqueness. <laughs> That's a word because uh, because Agatha is under that spell. I really do not think Dark Darkhold Diaries is the official title of the show. I think people are just confused, and that. <laughs> Is all I have to say about that. I also know you're very attached to the like Coven of Chaos subtitle. So like having using I know it is a really good title. I like I said this on Friday, but I almost think Darkhold Diaries, I could see that being the real title purely in the sense of like trying to incentivize watching the show and having it connect to stuff. Cause it's like obviously we know the Darkhold is a huge MacGuffin in the universe. And if it has a larger role going forward, they might be trying to do that. But like all of these subtitles have been good. Just pick one. I kind of believe the title change. I'm not gonna lie. I think Darkhold right. Diaries is could be the new title. I think it uh, might. It, it's one of those that kind of just appeals to a just. It possibly sounds more appealing because they test these titles. They test and test and test these titles. Shang Chi. I forget what the original title was. Shang Chi originally had a very different title, and then the Legend of the Ten Rings became oh, the, the title. Master of Kung Fu. It, it, honestly, I think that may have been what it was. I don't remember. You could, if that was it, I genuinely don't remember what it I'm was. I'm gonna research that because I'm curious now. So keep talking. But it had a, it, it before a it was title. announced. It had a different title, and then they tested it and tested it and tested it, and they landed on the Legend of the, of the Ten Rings, which is a great title, I think. I think a nice shirt, Liam. Great way to represent the best Phase Four movie. Um, but yeah, so I think I could definitely see Darkhold uh, Diaries becoming 
the title. I, I like the title. I know Coven of Chaos. It's it's special to Jamie. I'm sorry. But I, I like both. I mean, it doesn't really matter to me what the title is anyway. I think both are better than House of Harkness. I think yes. that one was a little mouthy in the, you know. But, I, I mean, I'm not anti-Darkhold Diaries because that just, to me, connects to Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. But I still think that people announcing the title has changed is incorrect. Because if it was officially changed, I think they would just tell us. Mm-hmm. That's true. So it does look like it would have been the Master of Kung Fu, but I, that's like I—it's just on Wikipedia. It says that, so that might have been the closest okay, thing we got to the original title. Yeah. What if yeah, season two coming around Christmas is some good news? I'll take that. Mm-hmm. I'm actually after watching I Am Groot today, which we're going to talk about in a little bit. Like I'm learning to just appreciate the little things, <laughs> and what if is just kind of that. So I'm excited for that. Echo being moved to January feels—I I, have—that doesn't like. They're not. I don't feel like they're going to get to do more work on that because I don't feel like the strike is going to get to end anytime soon. So that one has me question. Maybe it's just for VFX to finish some stuff. Maybe it's just to keep it closer to Daredevil Board again because we expect some of those characters to show up. But Echo being moved to January is an interesting one. Maybe they also just don't think they're going to have other stuff to put out. Yeah, because the, the, the report did say that, like, internally, they're talking about making every single one of these things more of an event. And so I think not having Echo come out so close after Loki and letting it kind of breathe on its own, because even with, like, some of the Disney Plus stuff right now, it's like the marketing campaigns don't really start until the show almost premieres. So it's like this at least gives Echo also because it was supposed to come out right around Thanksgiving. And I think people are very busy then, especially to watch a binge model show. So if you put it in January when, like, nothing else is going on, they might be more likely to watch it. Yeah. I love that they're trying to make stuff an event. It was just dropping titles on top of titles, and they were getting overlooked. And you also um, got to space it out after uh, Loki, because Loki begins on October 6th. If it does have like a two-episode premiere, it'll wrap around mid-November. So it's like if this was going to come out in November, it could have just got cannibalized by the fact of like, no matter how good Loki is, people want a break after these things. Um, again, that's what I attribute a lot of like the died-down hype of Falcon Winter Soldier, because it came right after WandaVision wrapped up. And then we gave like a six week gap between Falcon Winter Soldier and Loki and everyone was excited for Loki again. So if you delay Echo to January, it gives people at least like, you know, all of December to breathe, you know, rekindle uh, and all that. And then eventually get back to the universe and hopefully things are good. I see so much negativity around Ironheart online. Getting kind of tired of it. But uh, like everybody, every time there's a tweet about Ironheart or something, I mean, Twitter is just a negative cesspool anyway. But every time I see something about Ironheart, people are like, who still wants this show? Like, Marvel needs to cancel these Disney Plus shows. I see that about a lot of stuff, though. I mean, not just Ironheart. That is just the one I see it about a lot. I, I, Ironheart, I mean, I'm, I'm, I, I'm, I'm looking forward to Ironheart. I hope it's really good. I, I mean, carry on that I'm Iron Man legacy. I'm here for any form of that. What's frustrating I, to me is because I see the criticism and a lot of it boils down to like, oh, these legacy characters create new characters. But the audience is not showing up for the new characters. Like Moon Knight's viewership was down. Like She-Hulk didn't do anything. Well, She-Hulk, I guess, is a legacy character. Um, but like the, the original characters that they're debuting on Disney Plus, the viewership is not there. So it's like, what do you want? It's, it gets frustrating. People talk in circles. Well, I mean, I think they've just introduced too many new characters in too short of a time span for the audience to stay there like that. I mean, I say this all the time, but you introduce Shang-Chi in a really popular and well-received movie. We're two years out, and I know everybody's like, well, listen, phase one, it was two years till a sequel anyway. We're two years out. We don't even have a sequel in development, which means if they started it right now, assuming they weren't on strike, it would take another two years to get it out. It used to be you'd get a sequel within three years, really, even for an Avengers movie. And now 
Shang-Chi, Eternals, all these characters don't even have sequels announced. Blade hasn't even happened yet. Like, there's just so much happening. There's, a, there's so many new characters that I think maybe Ironheart and some of these other characters are getting the brunt of it where people are just getting tired of these new characters and they want to see characters they already know. But I guess now that Phase 4 is out of the way, with all the good and the bad of it, we can finally start to get back to revisiting characters and getting some sequels in time with new characters. I don't know. But uh, all the stuff is delayed. Hopefully it starts to feel exciting again. And the Marvels is on the way. Dropped a new promo. Honestly, I really like the new promo for the Marvels. Did you guys see the new promo for the Marvels where it mm-hmm. did like the look back stuff? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think that's really smart. First of all, I think they need to start doing a little bit more of that because I think uh, there's so much content with the Disney Plus shows and all the movies that people can use a little refresher. To me, though, this was the best promotional material for the Marvel so far with footage from Captain Marvel, from WandaVision, from Miss Marvel. To me, this was the best the best promo. I don't think the trailers for the Marvels have been particularly great. I think the tone is kind of not for me. It's very silly and and zany looking. I think this looked awesome, and I this this made me more excited, the most excited for the Marvels since Miss Marvel got me more excited. I love that show. I love that family. I love that character. So I just haven't loved the trailers for the Marvels. So uh, yeah, I, I think this is a really smart thing to do. Uh, any takeaways from this, guys? I just it's purely a logistical thing too because even beyond the people who need a refresher who saw the shows there are so many people who have not seen the shows because again mm-hmm. WandaVision is going to be out on Blu-ray after this movie comes out and like Miss Marvel ha- there's no way to watch it unless you subscribe to Disney Plus or you happen to catch it on ABC a month ago so I, I totally get why they did this I personally loved the first two trailers I thought they got the vibe down they made me excited but yeah I can see the argument for this one too. Jamie Liam, anything about the Marvels? Yeah, I I just agree with what, what what was said. Like I agree with Jenna. I like those trailers too, but I do think that this is this is necessary. Yeah. Um, this is absolutely needed for a good chunk of people. I think that we live in a bubble where we think everyone's seen all these because, like, I don't know, even my mom has seen all these, but like most moms haven't, you know. So uh, I think that this is a smart. Liam, what are you thinking about the Marvels promo materials? I'll be honest. I just don't really care for this movie. Um, I, I'm hopefully like willing to be surprised and all that. Um, the runtime rumors have me the most excited because of the fact that what we're talking like between 90 and 100 minutes, like everyone's always pushing for longer Marvel movies. Like I remember people being like up in arms when Thor Love and Thunder was like two hours and change. But movies that are more digestible, I think, go over well with general audiences better. Um, and this is a movie that you can't just go into it if you're anyone in Marvel studios and expect this to make a billion dollars because the first one did, because the circumstances are so different. We're in a post COVID world. Uh, the first one had the luxury of coming out two months before Endgame, like the most hyped movie of all time. And right now, like it's now not, it's not like the first movie was okay. It's reaping the rewards of all the Marvel hype. This movie is now looked at as trying to get some of that Marvel hype back up. I think it'll benefit from Loki being good, even though they're not connected. If Loki just ups Marvel anticipation, I think it'll bleed into this movie. Um, But yeah, I think it has a bit of an uphill battle. Uh, Nothing bad necessarily, just not anything that's wowing me right now. I think there's a lot to look forward to in this one. Like, I think the dynamic between Monica, Kamala, and Carol is going to be a lot of fun. I just haven't caught that. The trailers just for some reason haven't really done it for me. The tone has just been a little off for what i don't know i don't know but i there's a there that promo with the look back really showed the things i like about each of these characters and their journey so far and i'm excited to see them come together but yeah the billion dollar thing we'll see we've already talked about that the runtime rumor i don't know a marvel movie that's short 
I hope that means like, cause that, like I just said, there's three big characters in this movie. This isn't Captain Marvel. This isn't Monica Rambeau, the movie. This isn't Miss Marvel, the film. It's the Marvels. There's three main characters. So it's going to be interesting to see if they're able to fit it all in and balance everybody uh, and give everybody like some good screen time because I love Kamala's family. Like, I, I want I want all them to get screen time too. You know, we'll see. We'll see. All right, guys, we're going to take a quick one minute break. We come back and talk about I am Groot season two. It's out now. So spoilers for I am Groot season two. And after that, we're going to talk about secret wars. What happened in the comics? What we think will happen to the MCU after that movie. Uh, see you in a minute. Welcome back to Phase Zero. It's the I Am Groot Season 2 discussion portion of the show, which you've been waiting all year long for. Season 2 is five episodes? Yeah, five episodes. Yeah. They're all out now. I watched them this morning. Jamie watched them a little while ago. I think Liam watched them a little while ago as well. We got an interview too. with Kirsten yeah. Lepore on the uh, comicbook.com and Phase Zero channels. Wait, what did you say, Jenna? No, I also watched them. Yeah. I watched oh, you them watched them? Right. I'm the, wow. Yeah. I'm, I was out of the loop. I was like, you know what? I'll just wait on these. And so I did. I watched them this morning. I thought they were a lot of fun. I thought they were a lot of fun. But Liam, you're uh, next underneath me to be top of the screen. What would you think of these episodes? Yeah, pleasantly surprised. I, I had not watched season one. I watched season one in preparation for the interview with director Kirsten Lepore, which drops on phase zero tomorrow. Cheap little plug there. Um, but yeah, they were uh, they were fun. They were, you know, inconsequential, super digestible. That was like my favorite amount of preparation I've ever done for an interview. I'm like, what? 10 episodes and they're all three minutes long like sign me up this is great um and also as you see right there in the trailer uh, a nice little episode with the watcher um which we can get further into discussion but uh loved hearing jeffrey wright's voice in the show jenna what do you think i i agree i thought that like as i've said about the show in the past it is just little free doses of serotonin and i think this like this batch of episodes absolutely was i thoroughly enjoyed all of them the watcher episode is definitely my favorite i think jeffrey wright knocked it out of the park he he does he has so much fun with such a limited amount of time and i just the animation's beautiful the adventures are fun there's enough little connections there's like a, a celestial like popsicle that he eats at mm -hmm. one point like all of just these little things whereas you can tell that this is made with love and i just appreciate it for that jamie 20 minutes of pure joy. I mean, like, it's one of those things where, will I watch this again anytime soon? No. Um, is it changing the game? No. But I had such a good time. I, it was just, it was just like a, a 20 minute warm fuzzy that, that was like, I was just like, oh, it's so, I was just oh, doing that, you know? Um, he's just like, kind of sounded like Groot for a second there. <laughs> oh, well, that wasn't my attention, but I'll take it. Um, but the fifth episode, like, I, I'm such a big Jeffrey Wright fan. So he had me rolling. I think, like, that is an, emmy worthy animated voice performance right there like he i was cracking up um i didn't know group couldn't smell it makes sense um but i'd never thought about it before so i feel like that was like a big i learned something yeah i felt like these episodes obviously parents are going to be watching these with their kids and i thought this was made for both of those audiences i felt like there was a lot of stuff for adults to get a kick out of as though they like Groot is going through their experience of raising a kid. And then Groot is also the kid in a lot of ways. Episode one. I mean, it's, it's like got the joys and the challenges of parenthood where he finds that little bird and then sends him off to the first day of school. Basically that was kind of the, 
metaphor I saw there. I thought that episode was pretty cute. Episode two, Groot gets a nose. Uh, I really enjoyed spending time on the Guardian ship because I'm like, man, we may never do that again. Uh, so that was cool. And Groot could have chose to be an adult by cleaning up once he smelt the mess with his little plastic nose, I guess, whatever that was. Uh, but he chose to be a child and go back to gaming, which I, I respect. Episode three, the snow planet. See the Benatar in the back, just a nice touch. Creates basically a Terminator snowman. Uh, and that's what happens when you have too much caffeine. So when you hear me rapping in the beginning of the phase zero intro, that's because I'm on my second cup of coffee already. So I get it. Um, and we had the Rocket Raccoon voice cameo uh, in the little credits moment type thing. That was cool. Uh, in episode four, I really liked that he had a Nova Corps figure. Just just reminded me that Nova has not debuted in the MCU yet, but the Nova Corps has. Ice cream truck, well, that whole thing. It looks like the battle bus from Fortnite had a baby with its own mega city. Uh, and then the, I thought the moment where there's like dust all over him after he gets sucked up by the vacuum was just a nice touch for the parents because anybody who's ever emptied a vacuum knows that that dust just gets on everything. Uh, and there's a Howard the Duck ice cream. There's the Celestial ice cream, which kind of looked like Arisham, but I don't know. Maybe it's just a random Celestial. I don't know that it even matters. It's just fun. And episode five, The Watcher uh, introduced the last seed of Dreslar, which was supposed to be the, you know, the happiness and joy for the entire universe. And of course, Groot comes in and lets it get burnt down by liquid hot magma. And then uh, it turns out Groot was the prophecy all along to bring joy to the universe. Are these actually MCU canon? I don't think so. I don't care. I just had fun watching them. I don't think it matters, honestly. Like Same. they're just they're just fun. And as somebody who is a DC fan, you can appreciate DC content regardless of whatever universe it's in. So I think just having these exist, the the target audience of this is not caring about the canon. They are just enjoying it for what it is. You're not allowed to be a DC fan and a Marvel fan. It's against the rules. Don't oh you know? Okay. Haven't you ever been online? Yeah, no, I think that the past year plus of Marvel content has kind of finally broke me to the point that I can just enjoy stuff that doesn't move the story forward. I've always been able to do that, but there's been so much stuff that just we've hyped it and had such expectations for big moments for the story, for things like that. And ultimately, they're just not that. Like, what if? Maybe I'll go back and watch What If? And I'm going to do that before season two. Maybe I'll finally give it some love. I've been hard on what if. Maybe I haven't. Maybe what if wasn't very exciting. But I really enjoyed season two of I Am Groot. And I'm like, you know what? Maybe I could just enjoy life a little more. There's there's one little other Easter egg that you might have missed. The video Ooh. game he's playing, that Street Fighter game. Mm -hmm. uh, if you do a quick pause, uh, one of the characters is a scroll. Uh, Valkyrie is seen there. And also Howard the Duck, uh, which I thought was a cool little tie-in of scrolls are video game characters also in this world but also maybe not because we don't know if it's canon and like jenna said it doesn't matter because it's so inconsequential because even if it is canon this takes place what during the volume two era of guardians so it's all good yeah. just have fun with it did, did we i saw you asked uh the director about uh james gunn's input mm -hmm. yeah she was like uh he was an executive producer on the first season he didn't have an official title on the second season but they had some text messages and phone calls just about like taking care of this character and uh it got some heat on twitter because they were like oh james gunn didn't create groot and she said that he was a creator of groot he's a creator of this iteration of groot like this this type of groot that we see on screen has sure. james gunn's fingerprints all over it so she continuing that uh that being kirsten lapore the director uh there's a lot of trust there but 
it she, from our conversation, it was very clear that James Gunn knows that she understands this character as well as he does. All right. Well, that's I'm Groot season two. Anybody else got anything to say about the five new MCU episodes? I think Jamie was going to say something. Go for it. Oh, 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 it was just we were talking about the video game. Like we paused it to look at it. And like I just feel like like Tony would pay a lot of money for that to be a real video. Game. I was about to say I would like, play that in a heartbeat. <laughs> keep that in mind, Marvel. You got a good idea, Bruin. Just drop it. Be, like, come on. There's so many things. Like, if you just release this, we will pay for it. Come I'm on. convinced they listened to our show because uh, we went in on physical media after yeah. that one division with no discs. <laughs> and I'm taking full credit. It's Phase Zero's, it's phase zero's <laughs> credit that we're getting these uh, 4K steelbooks finally. We did it. I think once we said out loud that anybody who wants to buy these shows is enough of a fan that they're not going to cancel the subscription because they want to see what's coming next. And that was it. I know Kevin's listening. Hi, Kevin. <laughs> what's uh, up, buddy? If you are, listen, I'm sorry for everything. That we do. <laughs> <laughs> that we do. I'm sorry that you're here. Actually, I'm happy. Anyway, I'm, I'm rambling. We're going to take one minute break. When we come back, we're going to talk about Secret Wars. What happened in the comics? What will be next for the MCU after... Avengers Secret Wars. We're going to write a free story for Kevin, who's listening now. See you in a minute. Welcome back to the Ahsoka episode four spoiler section of Faith. No, I'm just kidding. We're not talking about Ahsoka as much as I want to. Give me a Star Wars show so I can show how much I don't know about Star Wars. Uh, Star Wars is like the most daunting thing because there's so much extended lore and I'm not even going to act like I know that stuff, but I love Ahsoka and I love Rebels. Anyway, this is the part of the show where we're going to talk about Avengers Secret Wars. And what could happen afterwards? There's talk of whether or not it's going to be a reboot for the MCU. Talk about all that kind of stuff. Jenna, <laughs> I, you knew I was coming to you with this yes, one. I knew. <laughs> Let's talk about the comics. There are multiple versions of Secret Wars, but the yes. movie seems to be based on 2015's Jonathan Hickman's, you know, the, the new Secret Wars, Battle World, all that. that you'll, I'll let you talk to us about the comics. You don't want to have the comics spoiled for you. This is a great jumping off point. We're talking about <laughs> Secret Wars in the comics. What happened to the Marvel Comics universe with that story? I will say, I will touch on both Secret Wars because I think that both, especially with the way that the Russos have talked about Secret Wars in the past, I feel like we are going to get elements from the original one and the Hickman one. The original one, the biggest repercussions were all character driven. It was like She-Hulk replaced the thing on the Fantastic Four roster and Spider-Man got a new costume. And it was just a lot of character beats and like new creations of characters. Uh, the Hickman era Secret Wars kind of functioned in a similar sort of way but with like much bigger repercussions they the ultimate universe basically was done with we launched into all new all different marvel which was basically an excuse to kind of relaunch and retool elements as the publishers needed to i don't think that we're going to get any direct correlation between either of those and what we're ultimately get on going to get on screen i think when people hear the term reboot they get absolutely terrified but i think it's just going to be an excuse like with all new all different marvel to like 
just tweak things here and there. My biggest thing is I wouldn't be surprised if they make it to where mutants have been there all along and we just had no idea. Like I could see that being a thing, but I don't see it being a full reboot. I, I don't think it's going to be like a new 52 type reboot for the Marvel Cinematic Universe, but I do think there's a really good chance that after Secret Wars, the movie, it is sort of like a, like some, it's going to be like what the DC Universe is doing right now, actually. Like, it's not going to be a full reboot. I'll bet you some of the cast members will continue, but I'll bet you we can get a new Iron Man at that point. You know, I think that they could really bring in familiar characters with new actors and start it that way. And I'll be here for it by then, I think. I think I'm I, I think I'm okay with it because it's it's happened in the comics. I always appreciate when it happens in the comics because you walk into a comic shop and it can be so daunting for a lot of people that you don't know what's going on. So a reboot is a great place to start and jump on again. 2027 is when Secret Wars is currently slated for, right? That'll be yeah. 19 years of the MCU. I mean, I think that not like a hard reset, but a, 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 a fresh start for the MCU could be really nice after Secret Wars. And I could see that happening. I will also say, I think in my mind, one of the biggest indications of where we could go after the movie Secret Wars is what's happening right now in the X office, which is that Tom Brevert is now editing the X books, which he was not before. He was really on like Avengers and Fantastic Four and a lot of the mainline books. But he announced a couple months ago that, that he's now pivoting towards that. And people are unsure what that's going to mean, what it means for the Krakoa era and whatever. But it could end up being a thing where whatever X books we get in the next couple of years end up being things that we end up seeing in the MCU in one context or another. Liam, Jamie, what do you guys think? Will Secret Wars be a reboot? I feel like if it is, it's it's not, it's too soon. Like, there's just so much to wrap up. There's so many characters, like we just talked about this earlier, there's so many characters that haven't even gotten a second movie yet. Like, I, I think it's a good idea to shake it up. And like, especially now, you know, just, I, I think it's a good idea and it should happen, but only in four years from now, there's a lot of loose ends mm -hmm. uh, that, that need to be tied up in that time. And I don't think that's going to happen, but also I don't think Secret Wars is coming out in 2027. Um, I really, truly do not believe that movie is coming in four years. Um, but um, I, I totally think that that's what could happen. I just think it should be a little, a couple years later. Yeah, I, I don't think there, I'm with you. I don't think there's a chance it hits in 2027. The the timeline, like human timeline, is so <laughs> weird to me because going into Infinity War and Endgame, like we had characters like Captain America, Iron Man, who had completed their trilogies. So if they're if those movies were the end of them, it made sense. But at the same time, when Black Panther and Doctor Strange get dusted, we're like, well. They're going to come back in some fashion because they still have sequels on the way. And, and, you know, we only had one movie with them. So when we go into a Secret Wars, depending how many characters still have, like, loose ends in their own franchises, I don't know. Like, it doesn't feel fair to me if, like, a Doctor Strange goes into Secret Wars with a full trilogy behind him and it would make sense for him to retire. But if we're doing a blanket reboot, a character like Miss Marvel also getting, like, reset or retired, like... There has there it can't be a blanket thing, but then we run into what's happening right now in DC, where it's like 50-50 in foot in one foot uh, in the door, one foot out the door, and it's like sometimes going all in is a good thing, but also there's so many characters that I feel like still have much more to give. It's hard to even say four years from now, five years from now, whenever this movie ends up coming out, uh, what their arcs will be like. Um, but it just it feels very weird to me, and. Uh, yeah, I, I got a lot of just weird, like, vague, um, abstract thoughts on it that I'm still trying to define.
I will say to your point about recasting some people and not others, I think part of it boils down to, can you recast a like better or more distinct version than what you already have? Like people have said that with like Blue Beetle of like, you're probably not gonna get a better Blue Beetle in live action than Zolo. So we might as well just carry him over to the new, the new universe. It's the same thing with like John Cena and Peacemaker. So I feel like they are gonna take that approach with some characters. Cause it's like, I can't imagine anyone other than Amon Vellani playing Kamala for the foreseeable future, unless they decide that they need to tell a, a drastically different story. Story. But yeah, I don't know. The, com all the comics also do uh, have some characters that remember the universe before this new world was created that brought them all into it. And I mean, they could do something like that for the sake of giving them a sequel later so that it's a continuation of their story the same way, you know, you had the characters in Wakanda go on to a sequel. You had Doctor Strange go on to a sequel. Uh, after the blip and everything, even though, and, and the Guardians, they had these really big moments that took place in movies that weren't their own, and they came back for sequels. So I think that, you know, if Miss Marvel has the Miss Marvel series, the Marvels, and then everything that happens in Secret Wars, you could do a Miss Marvel, oh my God, a Miss Marvel season two in like 2031. Uh, and, you know, Amon Vellani's 30 years old now, but she's finally getting to tell the story again but it's a you know what i mean it's a continuation of the story but yeah actually that's a really good point that you made about how it feels like the big characters wrapped up a lot of arcs before infinity war and endgame they had trilogies and then it was like it really could end here and it did for two of the the, the, the two biggest characters in the mcu uh i don't know i think secret wars could also end up being more than one movie yeah. I don't I don't see that as as an unrealistic possibility. And I also started thinking about this uh like the the Infinity Saga uh, the thing I wanted to say today one thing I want to say was that there the, the ultimate universe being at stake in the Secret Wars story felt really important. The ultimate universe is really popular. You had really great characters from the ultimate universe and the ultimate universe stopped printing after Secret Wars. That was it. it the incursion killed the ultimate universe, right? So we don't have that in the movies. We don't have another universe we care about at all. The closest thing would be the Sony universes or the Fox universes, which it's just like right now, sure, there are like Miles Morales came out of the Ultimate Universe. Who from the Fox universe are you just like, man, I don't want this universe to go because I don't want this character to go. There's really not like maybe Hugh Jackman Wolverine, but he's going. He already went, really. Hmm. Uh and I mean, if you go to Sony, Andrew Garfield's universe, but is Sony going to like put that on the line and say, okay, we can, we will end this universe, which is a cash cow for us. If we actually make the amazing Spider-Man three, cause suddenly it's very popular. I don't know. I'll say I, the reason why infinity war and Endgame worked so well uh, is because especially Endgame, it was the perfect balance of story and fan service like that portals moment. Obviously there's a great fan service moment and we can watch that as an individual clip and still get goosebumps about it, but also it made sense within the story and we cared about those characters. I worry that secret wars, if it does have a similar portals moment, but those portals are now star portals and we get all the characters in from the Fox movies and the Sony movies, Sure, it'll be a great fan service moment in that moment. The same way I jumped out of my seat when John Krasinski was revealed as Reed Richards in Doctor Strange 2. And then a week passed, and I was like, that scene kind of sucked from a narrative <laughs> perspective. Like, they all just got killed immediately. Even uh, Haley Atwell talked about, you know, I got taken out by a Frisbee. That felt kind of wrong to my character. I worry that Secret Wars is putting itself in a position to where it is full of fan service awesome moments that we will cherish in the moment we're watching them. 
And then a week, a month, a year goes by and we go, did that story really warrant those moments? Or did we build an entire saga around something that's like cool to get on a canvas for my background wall, but doesn't really have the same amount of, you know, narrative weight. And what's one thing, another thing that's interesting is after, after the first Avengers movie, when we first saw Thanos, it was like, oh, wow, the next Avengers movie is going to be them fighting Thanos. This is going to be awesome. The Infinity Stones are going to come into play. We had them kind of really vaguely teased in the first Guardians and Thor the Dark World. And then the second Avengers movie was Avengers Age of Ultron, which completely had nothing to do with Thanos. Just the credit scene where he says, I'll do it myself. And apparently Eitri made a gauntlet for him uh, <laughs> as the story goes. But it feels like right now, if we we're, we're here at the end of phase four, you know, a quarter of the way and maybe a quarter of the way, maybe a little less quarter of the way into phase five, feeling like, how are we possibly going to do this other big story? It just, I don't know. It's a, it's different. It's different. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. Anybody else got anything on Secret Wars they want to? They want to talk about? I was going to say one other thing. Uh, I worry about the recasting a little bit because that is such a crucial moment uh, for fans. Because if you recast Tony Stark and recast Steve Rogers, it can go one of two ways. It can go fans are all back in the universe because the characters they love are now technically back. Or you alienate those diehard fans because they're like, this is not the Tony Stark we know. This is not the Steve Rogers we know. To make, you know, this is a very different world. But in pro wrestling, when Diesel and Razor Ramon jumped ship to WCW and WWE tried to recast them, the fans turned on it so hard. Obviously, that's a little different because pro wrestling blurs the lines between reality and fiction. And recasting someone in a pro wrestling role, it's obvious to the fans and you get that immediate live audience reaction. But still, recasts of beloved characters is very it's a slippery slope and i worry about doing that when you could easily just you know have a different iteration of captain america that isn't steve rogers or a different uh iron man that's not tony stark that's what they're doing right now with Ironheart and falcon taking up the mantle and to me both of those mantle passings work so i i worry about rattling that a little bit uh as you know brandon in your interview with chris evans that i recently just clipped for an article uh, where Chris Evans says, he's like, I don't want to rattle that. It's so precious to me. And I think you do rattle it if you don't bring Chris Evans back and put someone else in that role. Same thing with Robert Downey. So it's uh, it's if you're going to do it, it has to be, as Chris Evans said in that interview, it has to be perfect. Only for the sake of argument. Comics do this all the time to keep characters around, even though it's not recasting, but they, they, reintroduce, they keep characters alive and they change their appearance a little bit and all that kind of stuff. And also, there's been a thousand Batmans. Yes. But I, I, I can tell I agree. Jamie I and I both have thoughts point. on this. Mm. Jamie, you have thoughts, I can tell. I was literally thinking about this looking at your background, yeah. uh, BD, because like you, there, it's it's a thing to think about because on one hand, you've had Foggy himself and a lot of... Uh, I've, I, I can't remember what famous director, but somebody who's not even involved with Marvel recently said this, like... Robert Downey Jr. as Tony Stark is one of the greatest casting in the history of casting. So so trying to get a new Tony Stark is crazy to think about right now, but also Batman. Like, pretty much there every single Batman, with maybe the exception of Kilmer and Clooney, although I'm a Clooney girl, so what so that's also false. Um, <laughs> like um like all of them have their their groups, their simps. And you know what? Like, you have to keep in mind, like 
there's going to be new generations of Marvel fans that, yeah. that like Keaton is my Batman, but like RDJ might not be somebody's Iron Man at some point. But also Ugh. I do prefer the idea of like, of like Ironheart or, or Sam, like somebody taking up the mantle. I think I prefer that. I think it's too soon to be like, here's a new Tony Stark, but I think it will happen eventually because that's just how movies and franchises like this work. Well, and I will make the argument off of that of like, uh, we aren't doing stories with Steve Rogers or Tony Stark. Like they have been taken off of the board essentially since Endgame outside of a cameo in What If or just being referenced in certain things. So it's not like there is already content involving those characters. Yes, there are the legacy characters, but they are being introduced and taking on the legacy mantles in Disney Plus shows. And so there is a group, like there is a part of the audience that might not be following those stories because they already are like, well, my Iron Man and my Captain America are gone. And I, I'm not getting them back anytime soon. So I, I again, it is the same thing. There's so many Batman. There's so many Superman. No character is just one actor. Like you can have the multiple iterations, and it can still work. To to just clarify my stance too. Um, the reason why the Batman's work though is because all those movies, all those franchises have their own di distinct identity. So it goes beyond just the actor. It's the director. It's the color palette. It's how these. Not in are the nineties. Yeah. Not with Schumacher. Not yeah. like the the you know. Are those movies good? Yes, I have a yes. poster right here on my the, wall. The uh, Clooney, Clooney and Kilmer. Yeah, yes. I literally have the Clooney poster right here on my wall. It's my it's one of my favorite movies of all time. So. Teach his own. Uh, to yeah. be, fair enough. But uh, it could work if, you know, we not like DMCUify it because I love the way the MCU is shot. But if you're going to do a reset, things have to look different. It can't just look like this is the MCU continuing with new faces in it. Like I, I'd want a new style of color palette, new ways these things are shot. Um, that's the only way I think that they could succeed by doing any type of recast. Man. A recap. I got behind. You see this little white sheet behind me so that Jim said my hot toy shelf was too crowded. There's like eight different Iron Man action figures behind that thing. Someone else playing that character break my heart, but I'd be happy to get more Iron Man content. So it'd be interesting. It'll be interesting. I do think Secret Wars will lead to a very different looking MCU. Uh, maybe not in terms of the cinematic style. They tried that with Eternals, and everybody lashed out against it. So we'll see if they're what 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 if they do anything drastically visually or tonally. But I do think the story and the uh, well, to be honest, actually I don't think people really cared were were mad about the visual style of Eternals. I think that was championed pretty universally. I loved the way Chloe Zhao shot Eternals. Uh, uh, that was not my problem with the film at all. But uh, anyway, uh, yeah. So Secret Wars. What do we think? Is it a reboot? Is it not a reboot? Go ahead and leave your thoughts in the comment section. Leave us a five star review with your thoughts on Apple and Spotify. Subscribe to the Phase Zero channel on YouTube to go watch uh, Liam's interview with I Am Groot director Kirsten Lepore. Uh, we are going to have tons of new content coming all the time whenever we can, maybe new videos and stuff like that. If you guys have suggestions, if you guys want to see our, the, 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 the reaction to the draft, uh, people really enjoyed that episode. We've seen a lot of positivity. We've seen um, some people who need to get checked for their, their opinions in comment sections, and we're in there policing that, letting people know. We are here. We're a friendly community. We're having a good time. We all have different perspectives and it's a fun time to sit here and have people who all like different things and have different ways of drafting and some people who will jump up and stamp on the monopoly table if they don't feel it's going their way i'm not talking about anybody specifically but uh <laughs> that's you you were the one who got upset <laughs> don't know i did i don't know what you're talking about that never happened <laughs> 
but yeah, no, that was a super fun episode and it was fun to kind of go online and share them with people and see that people, there were a lot of people who agreed with each of us and a lot of people who disagreed with each of us. So that, that's what makes it fun to me. So we want to do more episodes like that, especially right now while we're kind of in this actor strike, there's not a ton of news. Uh, so if we, you want rankings episodes, you want draft episodes, you want to see stuff like that. We are open to suggestions and we really, uh, we really love hearing from you guys when you, when you share your thoughts with us, uh, Jamie, any last words for today's episode of phase zero? Yes. I have two things to say. One, uh, TikTok, I got a new Ahsoka reaction on there. This last week was a bit, this week's an actual reaction. So <laughs> check that out. Also, I have a very exciting personal announcement that I'm sharing here for the first time. And that is later this month, Tony and I are starting an agents of shield rewatch podcast. Oh. Uh, and Tony's never seen it. And the goal of this podcast is to watch every single episode on its 10th anniversary, which means the goal is to make this a seven year podcast. Uh, I will be sending more details on the internet with the title and all things later this week, but uh, I'm really, really excited to get deep diving into one of my favorite shows of all time for its 10th anniversary. We're so old. <laughs> I might have to actually get through agents of shield all the way with your podcast. Yes. There's a lot of episodes of agents of shield. I have not treated my eyeballs to, all right, Liam, what you got? Yeah, uh, tomorrow on the Phase Zero channel, the full interview with uh, I Am Groot director Kirsten Lepore drops. Uh, some articles already up on comicbook.com for little snippets of it. And uh, we'll cut together a couple shorts uh, for the channel as well because I meant to say it earlier, but I reintroduced a question that Brandon got answered from Vin Diesel ahead of F9 mm. about the Return to Planet X storyline. Um, so a little Phase Zero exception for you there. Um, Vin Diesel just then- sits in interviews and lies. <laughs> it's so his voice too i'm like oh that's dom toretto no that's just his voice it's the same thing the whole time um and then later this week uh, i'm heading to louisville to do coverage for an upcoming documentary on netflix called wrestlers so uh stay tuned to comicbook.com for all coverage on that thanks liam great job on your uh, vin diesel remark uh so man i gotta stop with those dear god jenna <laughs> Um, yeah. It's at Hey, it's Jenna Lynn on whatever social media platforms exist anymore. Uh, go read some comics. Two of my favorite comics of the year both launched this week. Uh, there's a new Birds of Prey number one and Fire and Ice Welcome to Smallville number one. Both of those are very good. There is also a new issue of Scarlet Witch in which she and Loki flirt a lot and it is excellent. So go read those comics. I know. I almost texted you yesterday, Jamie, just to prepare <laughs> you because it is it's very good. <sighs> All right, y'all, that's our show today. Hit me up at Brandon Davis BD if for some reason you want to talk more. Go watch Ahsoka. It's great. Go watch I Am Groot Season 2. Go to your comic shop. Do all that fun stuff. Uh, Text somebody. Tell them you're proud of them. Text a friend. Tell a family member. Say, I'm proud of you, and tell them why. You'll make their day. I promise. Uh, Subscribe to our channel. Go to comicbook.com slash Marvel for updates, and uh, we'll see you there.